Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Let's look at Romans chapter 3, verse 24. It says that, being justified freely by his grace. Say, I'm justified. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, who God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. Amen. So three major words here. Justification, let's say justification. And then I, uh, redemption, say redemption, and propitiation. And last week I took some time to explain propitiation. Okay. Um, what's the idea behind propitiation? How many of you remember? To what? To appease the justice of God. Uh, yes. I remember I spoke about expiation and propitiation. Expiation has more to do with to appease the justice of God. And I spoke about how propitiation is to awaken the love of God. You remember? But, it's, but you're right. It's, it's okay. It's okay in many instances when you say propitiation is to appease the, the justice of God or the wrath of God. You know, just to propitiate, make him, ah, okay, now I'm at peace. I don't have problem with you again. Ah. That's, that's kind of propitiation. It connotes. It conjures the imagery of um, satisfying someone who is um, previously upset. Right, so we spoke about propitiation. Now, um, there's one more word which uh, is in Romans chapter 8. I want to um, stay on a little bit, but uh, today we are going to learn some interesting things. Look, Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. All right. It says that, is it okay if we read it together? All right, let's go. Let's read it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Interesting. So the kingdom of heaven, all right, which is kind of the same, the kingdom of God, is like treasure hidden in a field. But the man found it, and he notices the treasure in the field, which others haven't seen, goes home, and that's what? What does he do? He sells all that he has. His wedding ring, his iPad, his, his shoes, his suits, his, his new car, his sound system. He sells everything he has to raise enough money to go and buy that field. Why? Because he knows the field has treasure and the treasure in that field outweighs every other thing he owns. But people don't know, so it will be undersold. So he went buying it with his eyes. He said, that's how being born again is like. That's how being justified 
is like. <laughs> Verse 45 says that. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Do you realize that there is always selling here? Something must go because of something you found. Justification by faith will always result in something going. The kingdom of heaven, justification by faith, it's just like that. It says that you find something, you, say, you go and notice that this thing has got all that you've got, you go back, sell everything you've got so you can attain and acquire that. Let's look at the next, the last verse, 47. And let's see if it also has got something to say in that regard. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a, a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered uh, some of every kind, which when was full, they drew to shore and they sat down and gathered the good into the vessel and threw out the bad. There must always be thrown out something, you know? <laughs> Verse 47 He said the kingdom of God Is like a dragnet What's a dragnet? A fishing net Alright the one you throw into the sea to catch So it's just like that You throw it So really The net did a lot of gathering By gathering all kinds of stuff God gathered you with everything, they were just, just as, just, just as I am. Okay. So you didn't have to do it. You were just guarded. Justification by faith. You were just guarded. Now, let me, let's, let me pause to say this. Um, see, when we talk about saving faith, saving faith, the faith that saves us, let me put it there. The faith that no one can be saved outside of faith. So the fact that you are saved stands to imply you have faith. But remember, um, Noticia, Ascensus, and what? Fodukia. Ah, okay. Please clap for yourself. You are just amazing. Noticia is the, the content. Um, Ascensus is the ascent, acceptance of that this fact is true. And so, Noticia is a chair. I can sit in it. It's a chair. This is a chair. I accept it's a chair. Can I actually sit on it? This is a chair. I would want to sit on it. You know, I accept that it's a chair. I'll, I'll, and then uh, Fodukia for is, okay, I'm, I'm going to rest my entire posterior on it knowing that it won't hurt me. Okay? So then you commit to it. So the saving faith that saves us, that brings us justification, has content. You can't say, I'm sa- the man asks for, what must I do to be saved? He said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You and your household. Many people say, okay, I believe in Jesus Christ. In what sense? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. How do you, what, do you, what do you know about Jesus to believe in him? That's why the church must take time to teach about Jesus Christ. I can't wait for uh, Sola Christos. Christ alone. We must take time to teach about Christ. So people know this Christ they have believed in. Say amen. amen. Alright, so, um, but then I realize that there is something that most of us are missing. 
Many people come to Christ because he's a healer. Christ is a healer and they have sex. When you, when you come to Christ, he will save you from going to hell. How many of you agree with that? So why, why, why wouldn't you embrace that? What are some of the things, the benefits you get in Christ when you come to Christ? Yes? You, you have peace. Peace, okay. Healing, he's a healer. That's a very important one. Some people behave like they don't know about that one. Forgiveness of sins. Ah, does anyone identify with that? Yes. Yeah. No, it says, you are forgiven your sins. Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you like it? Now, that's the kind of gospel that is true. Actually, it's, 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 all right. Prosperity. He said, I am the Lord that he led. God is able to supply all your... God is a God of prosperity. You enjoy the covenant of prosperity. Right. So these things that we are talking about, it is because we are in Christ. That's why we, we are entitled to them. Right. So there's so much. But why wouldn't you want to even enjoy it? Now, I have I've attended several crusades and done crusades and preached to people. And sometimes the, our message is, is like, it has this um, bait that come to Christ and you'll be free from the sickness. Now, why wouldn't someone come to Christ? What, what you get in Christ, it's so much. It outweighs anything you can invest in. It outweighs everything. Right? But I discovered that there is even more. There is even more when it comes to saving faith. Saving faith is not only about you are saved from hell and um, I'm glad. Saving faith also generates something in you. Remember, the kingdom of God is like a merchant who finds a pearl of great price. After finding it, he goes to do something in order to secure this thing, in order to embrace this thing. Something lives their life. It's a kingdom of God is like a man who sees a treasure in a field and then with joy, with excitement, say joy. joy. Say joy. joy. With joy, goes to sell all that he has in order to secure the land with the treasure. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Someone is blessed here. Therefore, there's now no condemnation. Let's all read it together. Let's go. Therefore, to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Right. Let's read it again. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. One more time. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no word. Say no condemnation. Say no condemnation. Say no condemnation. There's therefore now no condemnation. Now, we are going to talk about condemnation. That's what we get once we are justified. Justification means no condemnation. Welcome. Justification means no condemnation. Say no condemnation. condemnation. But there are two types of condemnation spoken about in Romans. The first type of condemnation actually has a direct relationship with Romans from, it has to do with the condemnation that comes 
between Romans chapter 1 verse 18 to Romans chapter 3 verse 20. I told you I like Romans chapter 3 verse 20. I just want to draw your attention to something quickly. We are going to read Romans chapter 1 verse 18. It spans Romans chapter 1 verse 18 to 3 verse 20, but we'll just read 3, 19, 20. And then we'll read Romans chapter um, 3 again, verse 25, which was the opening text. And then from there we will go and we will go and read Romans chapter 7. All right. But the, this is an objective condemnation. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all what? Ungodliness. Ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. All right. This ungodliness and unrighteousness is the ones that we do. How many of us have done ungodliness before? Some of you haven't. I was trying to find out those who haven't so you can come and take over and teach us. <laughs> and unrighteousness. All right. So when we talk about righteousness, this, this is where the law and the people, people get confused about the law because righteousness, the right things you do. Right Now, you are not saved by your righteousness, the righteousness of the law, the right things you do. Right Now, so he says, but watch this, this is interesting. But God's anger, God's wrath is revealed from heaven against bad things people do. God is not okay with misbehavior. Oh, I don't want to go into the law when we talk about the natural law of God. Watch this. Someone went somewhere and, and met some Christians. He was invited to come and teach them. And then when he goes in this big house and, and meets them, and then uh, in, at dinner, that's when he's coming to do the teaching. After dinner, they all gathered. And then he can, he can see pictures of dead relatives in the, in the house all over. And then everyone brings pictures of their dead relatives. And then they start praying some, oh, maybe, maybe my dead relative is called... Oh, Joseph, oh, Joseph, this business I'm about to do, help me, Joseph. And so the, the man asks, hey, hold on a minute. What are you guys doing? <laughs> so, no, 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 we are calling the spirit of our dead relatives to come and help us. We love them. So, but this, this is not Christian. No, the whole, by the help of the Holy Spirit, we are doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but then you say, no, no, this is not allowed. Why do you say that? New Testament, no. In the Old Testament, the Bible says that, no, but New Testament is different. We are no more under law. So that was the law of the Old Testament. But in New Testament, that's fine. This is this, this, this okay. Like in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 20, verse 1, it says that, um, go to the verse 2. It says that, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the house of Israel. Verse 3. First, the first thing he said, what well, you shall not do what? Are we under law? Are we under law? So then you can go and have some gods in your house and still, because that's the law. Does, does that make sense? Then if you are not under law, then someone can say, I'm not under law. That was under the law. That's the, what God gave them, the Decalogue. So I, this not, it doesn't affect me because the uh, Bible says that we are saved by grace through faith. I am justified by faith freely. So it doesn't matter what law I, I don't obey or I can do anything. It's called antinomianism. I can do anything and I'm fine. They are what theologians call 
the, um, um, th- this, there are some laws God gave them which is the, it's a, more of a reflection of his nature. Whilst other laws like thou shalt not eat pork and all those things. Those ones were, um, I've forgotten the real theology, but, but it's like he, 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 out of his choice, okay, felt like, okay, you guys shouldn't eat this. It may have benefits for them not eating it, but it doesn't impact directly our holiness. But the other ones are, it's, it's out of, it's called the nat- God's natural law. It's based on his holiness. So you can't say, I am born again. I'm justified not by the works of the law, so I can do anything. We just read that the, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against unrighteousness. So what you do matters. Oh, am I, am, I, am I getting across that? What you do matters. Don't say, okay, now I'm saved. I can do anything and it does, God doesn't mind because bro, Jesus has done all the good things. So I'm just saved because I have faith in Jesus and I can do anything at all. No, when you are born again, the kingdom of God is like someone who finds a land and goes to sell some rubbish stuff. <laughs> Tell someone, sell those stuff. Tell them, give it up. <laughs> alright so the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness watch this very carefully now that is a depiction of the condemnation it's called objective condemnation based on the things we do so from Romans chapter 1 verse 18 all the way to chapter 3 verse, let's look at chapter 3 verse 19 and 20 all the way it's talking about the things that we do the things that we do, the works of the law, the works, our works, our works. And because we fail in these works, it brings down the wrath of God on us. Now we know that whatsoever the law says, says to, to those under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become what? Now, think about it. This is not, this is not subjective. It's objective. What you do. So the law has said this so that it doesn't matter what you do, you are guilty. So that guilt is based on law that you have faulted. Because you can't pass it. Do you understand that? And so that kind of condemnation is objective. It's based on the things that you have done. Oh, Jesus, I like this. The remedy for this kind of condemnation, before I say that, look at Romans chapter 5, verse 16. Romans 5, 16 and verse 18. Uh, and the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. Okay. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Verse 18. He's talking about Adam's sin. Adam did something. So it's usually the, the subjective. It was the doing that brought the condemnation. Does that make sense? All right. Now, therefore, as one, one offense, judgment came to all men. How did judgment come? One man's what? So someone did something. So this judgment we are talking about is based on someone's action. So as to what? Resulting in what? Condemnation. So this condemnation is as a result of someone's action. The remedy for this condemnation is Romans chapter 3 verse 25. It's the blood. That's where redemption comes in handy. Redeemed by the blood. All right. So redemption means that you are in debt. 
In those times, in, in, in ancient times or times of antiquity, you, 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 once you owe someone, the benefit doesn't come for your TV because you don't have a TV. It's coming for you and your sons and your daughters. But no, but the sons. It's coming for you and your children. Now, and they take your children, if you can't pay, they take them to the slave market. If you have money, you can then call maybe a relative who is next of kings to go and buy that person, pay the money. So he, like, that's the story of Ruth. Okay, Ruth and Naomi. Um, Boaz had to go and pay and redeem Ruth. And Boaz becomes a type of Christ for us in the New Testament. So Boaz goes and pays and redeems Ruth. In the same way, once you're on the slave market, once you belong to somebody, the first thing is someone in your bloodline, your family line, next of kings, will have to come and pay the ransom and redeem you. We, because of our sins, our doing, we became enslaved. We became enslaved to what? Sin, enslaved to what? The world, enslaved to the devil, and enslaved to what? The judgment of God's law. All right, so the judgment. And Jesus Christ had to pay. He became our ransom. So he paid his blood to redeem us based on our works and based on all that had gone in our life and Adam's works to pay for the debt we owe to redeem us, for us to be now free. Okay, so the answer to that condemnation is the blood of Jesus. According to Romans chapter 3, verse 25, he says that he paid his blood by his blood. Put verse 25. Whom God set forth as propitiation by what? By his blood. Through faith to demonstrate the righteousness of God. Say, I have been set free. free. So the blood of Christ works. Now, how about, so that's, uh, the objective condemnation. How about the other one? Subjective. What's subjective condemnation? Look at Rome. That's the one we're talking about in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. He said, Now, therefore, there's no more condemnation. There's no more condemnation. Look at Romans chapter 7, verse 17 and 18. I have to rush through these scriptures quickly because I'm, I'm ending on somewhere in Colossians and Philippians. Ah, I like those ones. That's why I'm the scriptures I'm ending with. Wonderful scriptures. I love them. Because remember the opening text. That's the kingdom of God is like a man who finds a field and a treasure in the field goes away with joy. So if you have Fodukia, the fact that you Put your trust in it. Jesus saves you from all that. He saves you from hell, saves you from sickness, heals you, gives you the blessing of prosperity and all that. That's all. That can make people just want Jesus for what he is. Sometimes I'm so tired. I don't know how many of you have experienced this before. Sometimes you're so tired. Oh, possibly, yes, at the airport when you are transiting and you are so tired, you sit in there. That hard, I don't know why they normally make of some of those chairs hard. You see, anyway, you sit there. And you see some people asleep. Do you think they believe that the, the chair they are sitting on can sustain their weight? Yes, that's why they sat on it. They believe that they can sleep on it and it's not poison. But guess what? They are not sleeping on the chair because they love the chair. They, yeah. Given all other options, that's the only thing they will choose. <laughs> I'm leading somewhere now. Given all other options, maybe they won't choose that one. But sometimes in the absence of other options, we choose now. Now, the saving faith, the faith that saves us, 
when you are born again, the subjective condemnation you are delivered from, I'm going to show you what it does to you. Am I making some sense now? Romans chapter 7, verse 17 and 18. Can you please, let me take my own Bible as well. Verse 17, but now, it's no longer I who do it, but sin that lives in me. Verse 16, okay, let's look at verse 16. Look at verse 16. If then I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. Say the law is good. All right, so why are you doing what you don't want to do? Verse 17. But, not, but now, it's no longer I who do it. Ah, but who? See? So it's like, it's like something is in me and it's making me do some stuff. Which I don't want to do it. So besides the fact that I'm condemned for what I do, it looks like this condemnation won't end. God's, the wrath of God is revealed against all unrighteousness. Am I right? So then as long as you keep doing unrighteousness, you stand the judgment of God. That's what I'm saying. You can be born again, but if you keep doing unrighteousness, punishment will come. Because God is a God of justice. Uh But so, if it's not me, it's like how many of us want to do good? And you find yourself doing, that's, that's, that's why I don't subscribe to all this kind of deliverance thing so strongly in that sense where someone is messing up or someone is not behaving right and their response is, I think I need deliverance. So then oh, immediately I say, it's not me. As for me, I don't want to do it, but something is making me do it. So you can't condemn me for that. Or I can't be held accountable. That thing, please, if you can deliver that thing, me from that thing, I'll be free. It's like you say, I need deliverance for oversleeping, oversleeping. I'm sleeping tomorrow, I need deliverance. Just wake up. Like, oh, like my dad would do, pour water on you in the bed and you will see if you deliverance you need or you can get up. <laughs> you, you will get up. So, so, stop saying, I think demons are troubling me. Every, every job you get, you go and fight with your boss and you are saying that, Pastor, I think this thing is a deliverance. I think you just, your, it's your, your, your character. <laughs> All right, let me leave that. That's not the main thing I was talking about. So, it says, the things I want to do, I don't do. All right, now look at verse verse 18 of Romans chapter 17. Verse 18 says that, so Romans chapter 7, verse 18. Yeah, for I I know that in me, that is my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find and then when you read from verse 20 to 24, it's, it's painting a picture of someone who is frustrated, struggling. The point here is that he's painting a picture of someone who wants to do what is right, but can't find the ability to do what is right from within. So when you read from the, the verse 20, verse 20, it talks about if I do what I will not do, it is no longer I, but sin that dwells in me. Verse 22. So it's like something is making me do it, something in me. For I delight in the law of God according to my inward man. Verse 23. But I see another law in my members. Say members. members. You know what members are? Yeah, don't members. Troublesome, you know. He said, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. My mind has the desire, but there is something else in my members. So three laws have been referred to right now. Did you notice that? Who can, who can enumerate them? The law of what? Okay. The law in my members, the law of my mind, and the, the, the verse before, the law of sin. All right? 
the law of sin, which is the law in my members. So watch this. Go to the verse. I want to show you something. Verse 22. Verse 22. Verse 22. Quickly, quickly. Verse 22 says that I delight, I delight what? In the law of God. So there is the law of God. Um, law of God. Can you please come quickly? So there's the law of God. The, the law in my members. Membership law. Okay. Law in my members. That's law in my members. Uh-huh. And then what? The law of my mind. Eddie? The law of my mind. Okay. And then what else? The law of sin. Okay. So it's bringing me to captivity to the law of sin. Sin. Please come. So the law of sin. This is an illustration. Just illustration. Okay. All right. So um, deal with you. Finish you up. Consume you. Devour you. And now this is the law of my mind. Okay, I want to do the law of God. But there is this law in my members. So try and prevent me from touching this one. Okay? So it makes the law of sin always have me. So the law of my mind wants to do this. But the problem is the law of my members. Can someone identify with what I'm talking about, the law of your members? What are your members? Not church members. I'm not talking about church members. I'm talking about your body members. Body, body, this, you know. The law of my members, they are always there. Sometimes even when I want to pray, I'm praying. Someone told me, Pastor, anytime I close my eyes and pray, I see all kinds of naked, naked objects before me. The law of my members is disturbing me. And I see the law of God. I want to reach out to the law of God. But the law of my members. And it makes me, verse 24, a wretched man. <laughs> Look at verse 24. <laughs> he said, oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me? So what is the answer for this? What is the answer for this mess I find myself dealing with all kinds of laws? Good law of God, law of my mind with my, my goodwill desire, law of my flesh, the members, making me subject to the law of sin and death. <laughs> Chapter 8, verse 1. Then say, verse 24 says, Who will deliver me? Thank be to God. And go, go to it. Said, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, this condemnation is a subjective condemnation. It's not based on what you have done, but it's based on there's, there's a something ruling inside you. And that is what is bringing you under condemnation. He said, once you come in Christ, he says, there's no more condemnation. Do you know what? Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. Quickly. He said, for there's another law coming here. Did you see that? For the law of this. Okay. Laws. Come back quickly. The laws. Can we have you quickly? Everybody in your position. And now, this is the law of the spirit. The law of the spirit of life. Please come. The law of the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus has made me free. So because of this that keeps blocking me, Mm. the law of sin and death has me. But the law of the spirit of life, the life that comes into me, empowers me to be able to go freely and walk with God and set me free from the law of sin and death. Because that's the ultimate result of this thing. This law of the of my members mm. prevents me from getting the law of God, so I become a subject. Mm. Now, 
Redemption delivers me from all these influences and gives me the law of the spirit. So the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is what sets me free from every law. As a matter of fact, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus also embodies this. So as soon as I have this, I have that. That, Do you understand? Now, watch this very carefully. So when you are justified, what actually happens to you is that the law... The, the, so the spirit of life in Christ Jesus comes into you. Mm. So it's not that Jesus just sets you free from hell, sets you free from all these things. This spirit of life that comes into you sparks as well. Having set you free from all that, sparks a desire in you. Mm. So, okay, clap for them. What's the good? Back to your seat. Now, so the, watch this. If you are saved, saving faith, Okay, saving faith is not only going to get something, ask a matter of fact, the faith that saves us, I was saying earlier, but I didn't finish saying it. The faith that saves us is like, is like a gift. We didn't have to do anything. You see, so our gift to accept the, 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 the grace of God or the uh, faith is not classified. Watch this. Why are we not justified by love? love? Why are we not justified by um, kindness? Why are we not justified by forgiveness? Or we love, we love God. We have kindness. Or we have mercy. We are never justified by any of these things. Because all those things conjure imagery of actions. You have to do something. But we are justified by faith. So faith for justification is not, has, is, is more of like, it's not an active one. It's not like you are doing something. It's just, it's accepting. That's why we talk about noticia. You remember? Ascensus, Fodukia. It's accepting all that Jesus has done and endorsing it and committing yourself to it. But it doesn't end there. Once the spirit of life comes into you, watch this, it generates love. There is, watch this. That's why all I'm trying to say. The title of my message is Saved and in Love. When you are saved, love is awakened for Jesus in you. So then you are not sitting on the chair because that's the only option you've got. You are sitting on the chair because it's the most prized thing in your life. There are two different things. Don't serve Jesus just because he saves you from hell. When you are genuinely saved, it's not because that Jesus is your healer. That's part of all that. But church, let us begin to make use of Okay, let me show you something. Second Corinthians, I didn't tell you I'm going to read Second Corinthians, but I think it's good to read it. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Interesting things that are in the Bible, huh? Look at this one. It's interesting. Talking about unbelievers, okay? It says, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, you see? Who, those who don't believe, their minds are blind. The God, who is the God of this age? Satan. The God of this age. Blinded the minds of those who do not believe. Let the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in there. The gospel of the glory of Christ. Now, watch this. When you are born again, hey, this is all I want to say, Rose. When you are born again, you see Christ differently. Christ means a whole lot to you. Completely different. Because all of a sudden, there's this dawning of light of the glory of God. In Christ, or the glory of Christ. You see Christ different from any about any other person sees Christ. How is it that people are born again in church? And Christ really doesn't mean anything to them apart from a healer. Apart from a savior. 
Up a savior, he can move a mountain. Apart from a, a prosper, he will make you prosper. He will, he will find you a wife. He will find you a husband. He will bring you deliverance. That's all part of it. But you know what? When you are really born again, you, what you see, because of the spirit, the spirit of life that comes in you, it begins to make you see Christ in a different way. Christ becomes your all in all. He is my light, my strength, and my song. In spite of anything that I may not even see in my life, the fact that I have Christ is the most treasured thing in my life. Then you are talking about someone who is really saved and is, is moving on. And it's growing in Christ. The more you grow in Christ, the more Christ... I will show you some, that last scripture. But before then, let's finish the first Corinthians chapter 4. Let's go to verse 5. What, look at verse 5. This is a nice one. For we do not preach ourselves, but who? Christ Jesus, the Lord. And ourselves, yourself, above self, for Jesus. Go to verse 6. Verse 6, the last one. For it, for it is God who, who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give us the light of the... Did you see that? Did you see that? When you get born again, something happens to you. Something happens in your heart. God shines in your heart. So it's not a matter of some mental ascent and ideologies. Something actually happens to you in your heart. If you are born again, your heart changes. That's why I said, oh, test and see. The Lord, you, it's more of an experience. Something happens to your heart. You have a changed heart. If you don't have a changed heart, just like that you are not born again. And you are not justified. Because this justification, faith that brings justification, oh, it's not, it doesn't start from us. Natural mind, watch this, strong men can't appreciate Christ. They may appreciate the benefits of Christ, but not Christ. But it takes a safe person to appreciate Christ, even in spite of benefits. I said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. It says that, it says that uh, uh, all together lovely. Oh, you, you, have, you have this, oh, about Christ. Something engulfs your heart about Christ. That you, you sell everything you have. <laughs> you didn't get it. You didn't get it. You, you are willing to leave that boyfriend just to hold on to Christ. Uh, if it means you sell the computer or you give it, give it to someone, you will do it because Christ matters to you more than any other thing. Brothers and sisters, heaven is real. And I don't want to be, uh, it's good, we have to teach about heaven and all that. I don't want to, oh, we're going to heaven, so keep your garments clean. That's good. It's more than that. Light, verse 5 again, first, verse 6 again. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. It's strong. He says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. We see Christ Jesus differently, and it means everything to us. Are you saved? Your understanding of who Christ means to you changes radically. That makes sense. Philippians, my last quotation. That makes sense in Philippians chapter 3 from verse 7 when the apostle made this statement. He said, but what sins soever were gained to me, these I have counted loss. For who? For who? (laughs) What have you counted loss for Christ? Opening text. For the kingdom of God is like a man who finds a treasure in a land or in a field. 
And immediately, I like that. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Profound. It says that, again, the kingdom of heaven is like, like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. Watch this. The next few statements, what are And for joy over it. Joy. It conjures excitement. Going to church doesn't become a chore for you anymore. People don't understand. Why do you have to go to church like that? Because you love Jesus. <laughs> because I love Jesus. When, when we go to church, why is it that you're always kneeling down? Why do you, I, why do you get so excited in church? You have to be composed. Of, Sorry, I can't help it. I'm in love. I'm saved and in, in love. Because it says, for joy over it goes and abandons every other thing. Sells it all. And comes back to buy that field. Philippians chapter 3 verse 7. As I read earlier on. It says that. Whatsoever were gained to me. I count them lost for Christ. When you bring them in life with Christ. Nothing else matters. Someone will tell you that. Listen. If this is how you're going. The, the man said. You're waiting. You've been waiting for your future wife. Or future husband. And then this man shows up. Or this woman shows up. And it's, it's kind of everything you want in a man or everything you want in a woman. That he too likes you, but the only thing like is he, he believes you don't have to go to church every time. You don't have to go to church every week. It's just twice a month. It's okay. And he said, if that's what you're going to do, if you're going to go to church, then I don't think it's going to help our relationship. And you know, in as much as you like him and he seems to be everything you want in a man, you look at him and he says that you are Christ. You are Christ. You. And, and then the law of sin and of your members keep telling you, are you really sure you want to let this man go? Because remember, for the past eight years, no one has shown interest in you. And are you ready to go for the next eight months? And something is challenging you. You are looking at this lucrative opportunity that this, 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 this less, not anti-Jesus, but less Jesus-like. He's, he's just trying to prove He's just trying to send, sell to you and submit to you. And you look at that and you can look at your Jesus. And you look at him. And you look at Jesus. You look at this woman who any man, in fact, rich men, well, multi-millionaires, who want to give anything, buy house, buy plane, and judge for. And this woman turns her back to all these things and looks at you who is working somewhere and your paycheck is not even enough to take care of your phone bills, let alone your rent. And you look at this woman says that I love you, but you know what? If you can just tone down this, your Bible thing or Jesus thing, you look at Jesus and you look at this opportunity and in the face of opportunity, you remember what Paul said, my richest gain, Philippians chapter 3 verse 7, my richest gain, said whatsoever was gained to me, I count lost. This thing, anyone would die for it, but guess what? I will not die for this. I'm going to die for Jesus because Jesus means everything to me. Not only forgiveness of sins, not only saving from hell, not only prosperity, not only breakthrough, but Jesus means everything to me. I am in love with Jesus. Can't you see that? And I will not give up Jesus for anything. 
I was telling you about the story. I can't say it because about Margaret. This 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 soldier who was captured in captivity for years and was all he wanted. He was about to marry this woman and went to war and then was captured. And we're writing letters to Margaret. One day, if I come home, writing sweet letters, Margaret. And when he was in prison, when they were making them labor hard, beating them, one thing on his mind, Margaret. I love Margaret. I love Margaret. And he dreamed one day I will see Margaret. One year, two years, three years, ten years still. He hasn't seen Margaret and he was in captivity. And his colleagues were dying. And what kept him alive was he wanted to see Margaret. I love Margaret. I love Margaret. And one day, another stronger army, I think the Second World War, set them free. And he went home. He went everywhere, was bombed. Everywhere. He couldn't find anything. Then he remembered Margaret's house. He saw the house was still there. And he knocked. He he knocked. He was so happy. He's going to see Margaret. Say Margaret. Say Margaret. He knocked. Hey. Someone said, who is there? He said, hey, I think that's Margaret. I can hear Margaret coming. And Margaret came and he opened the door. And he saw Margaret said, Margaret! Margaret looked at him, banged the door, went back in. All my life, I've been looking for him. Say, Margaret, it's me. Knock the door. Margaret! Oh, Margaret! Margaret! I love you, Margaret. Guess what? Margaret was with another man. <laughs> Margaret was with another man. So he said, go away. Go away. He's giving up everything for Margaret. Margaret, you couldn't wait for me. Margaret, you couldn't wait for me. And it's the same thing with Jesus and his church. He gave up everything for us. And all he wants, not because he's a savior. Yes, he's a savior. But he wants us to love him. So that like Paul, in first, um, Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Look at verse 8. Like Paul, you can say, yet, yet indeed, I also count as uh, I count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Every other thing is rubbish. Doesn't matter what they will promise you. He said, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you uh, 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 a, a whole house to live in free for five years. Mansion in Kensington. I'll do this for you. You look at them and be, just... Because, but you can tell this offer is going to take, away you, take you away from church. Yeah. This job opportunity is going to take you away from church. Yeah. You look at it, you look at Christ. He said, I count all rubbish. I'll hold on to my Jesus. Yeah. I'll hold on to my Jesus. Last verse, verse 9. And be found, I want to be found in Christ. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that, you see, the law shows up again but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. So listen, this faith for justification, justification, the saving faith is not just, I just know about Christ, I accept it. It's conjures that I love him so much, I'll give anything. I'll give up everything. I'll give up everything for more of him. I pray that God will help us. I pray that the, the Lord, the Spirit of God, will awaken this love in us and help us to see how altogether lovely our Jesus is. And that, according to Colossians, we are complete in him. 
We are complete in him. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Jesus, you are the center. All other things are sinking sand. I pray that God will help us to lift our eyes off material things, material possessions, and earthly goods, and look at the beauty of Jesus. He's all that we want. I pray that God will help us to walk with him, that his light and the light of his glory will shine through our lives to be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.